Welcome to Widow's Might Because Life Happens, podcast number 14. My name is Vittoria, and I was just here a few hours ago. But I'm not feeling the same way as I was feeling in the middle of the night. I am, well, I'm refreshed after many hours of contemplation and reflection. It's a whirlwind, life is. And I've been through this wind before. It comes at you, pushes you in the face, causes you to feel like you can't breathe. And then at some vital point, you have to face the wind and say, enough. I'm not going to let you hold me back. I'm not going to let you take me down. I have to rise above this. Just like everything else in life, all the challenges we meet, there's a turning point. There's a moment of decision when we have to take the bull by the horns, as they like to say, and hope for a good outcome. That's where I am right now. I'm taking the bull by the horns and I'm saying, I've gone this route before in some regard, and I know that I have the capacity to stand, withstand, overcome even. It's not my own strength. It's the strength I get after much prayer. It's the strength I get after I remember that everything I'm fighting for, everything I'm standing for has been hard won by my Lord. He came onto this earth. He lived as a human being. He grappled with the same challenges. Perhaps they were they were displayed or presented in a different fashion just because of the time frame that he lived in. But essentially, the marks of humanity, the marks of the human um, ignition, I'll say, and the way that it is pushed to start and forced to continue moving forward when the hill is high and the mountain seems too far, too far to climb. But somehow, if you got enough gas in the tank and some good functioning parts, you can make it. And I'm gonna make it. I've never given up to this point and I'm not about to start now. I have something that's not mine. It comes from a well that is deeper than me. It comes from a nourishment that is supernatural. And I am so grateful to God that He allows me to sense His power, His presence, and His love. I count it all joy and I call it His mercy. Even in the midst of difficulties, I'm learning something. What more can a person ask for? For this reason, though I woke up in the wee hours of the night devastated and feeling as though I was about to break, like a wounded reed, like something that's already battered, because I have, I've been battered. I've gone through a gamut of emotions and sensations, I call some of them whiplash, but at the end, at the end of all of it, I need to come back standing. It counts as a turn. It counts as a life lesson. It counts as 
a point of reference for me to move forward from. And while part of me still aches or resonates of the injury, I still see the wound, I still see the harsh reality of the cut. I, I can't just stare at that cut and watch it fester or watch it not heal. No way, that, that's not who I am. And that's what's brought me here this far. So while I was looking at Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's different uh, states of grief, there were some that, just in title at least, I considered were realistic and others that I didn't really delve into because I didn't consider them fair, not fair judgments at least, of the entire circumstance as it wells up from the inside and pushes itself out of us. What is grief? It is a monumental state of pain that we experience in the carnal realm because there's something that's deep-seated within us. We yearn for life. At least, that's my view. And I'm not a professional, but I did work in the public forum for over 40 years, and I heard so many sad stories, sob stories, bashing stories, stories of um, complete manipulation, deception, stories of uh, devastation. I heard, I heard tales and accounts of things that I wouldn't even want to watch on a movie. But the person who was telling it, who lived it, was sitting in my chair while I was doing their hair. Yeah, I, I was a hairstylist for over 40 years. And I've heard, I could say, I think, I think I've heard it all. And while the accounts were one-sided, possibly unrealistic, fantasized, uh, exaggerated, or minimized, depending on the person telling the story, I think I've heard just about everything. Variations on all sorts of life circumstances, dramatic, difficult, horrendous, criminal. I've heard so many different takes on how life can take you down this path that leads to nowhere. Perhaps I should rephrase, to this path that leads to somewhere, whether it's a beneficial or a disadvantageous place where a person lets the lights be turned off and all hope is lost and it feels as though anything that's worth having in this world is gone or a place that allows us for uh, a season of, of ache and pain and reflection and calculation and analysis and then we turn around and we say well how can I put all of this to good use what can I do to make this make my life better I don't want to live shattered I don't want to shatter other lives so I have to figure a way 
how to put to good use the things I've learned. That's a choice that a person has to make. And honestly, I met so many people who didn't make that choice. I met all kinds of individuals who were bitter, resentful, miserable, mean, unhappy. And perhaps that shaped me into deciding that's not what I want, ultimately. The years we spend, the years, the weeks, the months, the days, whatever we spend on this earth are fleeting, fleeting, they're short. We don't live for hundreds of years. We don't get a chance to replay circumstances over and over again. Oh, they are replayed in our minds. And sometimes we even go over the words that have been spoken and we think of different words we could have said, things that leave us looking better, shining perhaps. But in the end, what did we achieve except for perhaps um, the ability to hurt someone more deeply so that we wouldn't be hurt? That's not, that's not success, not in my view. I have a view of life that comes from someone I truly adore. His name is Jesus, and he came to this earth to die for me. He lives in heaven, the Bible tells me, to advocate on my behalf. He is my lawyer, so to speak, in the heavens, standing before the throne of a living God, advocating in my defense. Whenever the accuser, who is my enemy, comes before the throne of God to display or put forth all of the rotten things I've done, all of the rotten things I've said, all of the bad reactions, all of the miserable ways I responded to something, my Lord stands up and says, hey, this debt she accrued has been paid. I paid it. Now she's free to move forward. And so here I am, and I have to decide, am I going to move forward? Am I going to learn from it? Am I going to try to make my world and the world of the people around me better? Or am I going to become some sort of a weak link, a weak link, maybe that's a better word, and destroy someone else's life because I've been hurt, because someone has decimated my hope or my dream or my desire or something I considered would come to pass at some point in time. Reality bites. That's a fact. But does it mean that I have to be vindictive when things don't go my way? The long and the short of it is that I am a flawed mortal being making a really good attempt, well, I'll call it good, a good effort, to be moral, to have a standard, to follow a method of life or an application of life that would not only be fair to myself but to others, people around me. Because I can't be happy if I'm the only one happy. What is the point in that anyway? If we can't share our joy, if we can't share the monumental moments in time with others, the people around us who are equally pleased with their lives, not miserable, trying to make us miserable, what is the point? There's more to this earth, there's more to this world, there's more to this life than just what we want. There's a purpose and a plan. And it all makes sense when you put it down to a savior, a father in heaven, a creator, a, 
a scenario that is playing itself out kind of like a chess game and you could call us the chess pieces if that's what you want to call us we're all pawns we're all actors players on a stage call it whatever you like but the point is if we're all going to be miserable trying to see how we can get our own back what have we proven what have we gained I don't want to live that life and that's the reason that mourning is such a difficult phase such a difficult a difficult season to endure because in that season a person puts blinders on or um, like a horse just with that uh, bridle on where you can only see what's in front of you you don't see what's around you you don't see what's being affected by your actions and reactions and so you don't care who you hurt who you stomp on you just want what you want it's called being selfish and there are different forms of selfishness but ultimately it's when all you can see is yourself and what you will be pleased to have achieved or accumulated or experienced I don't want to do any of that stuff alone the joy in writing a book is having someone read it the joy in painting a fine piece of art is having someone come look at it when it's on display and if no one looks at it because everyone has their own painting and everyone has their own story and everyone has their own problems and everybody has become so blind to the rest of the world's aches and angst because they're so wrapped up in their own that they can't see their way clear to hurt for someone else that's no way to live I've said it before how many times I don't know but I'm not here to exist I will not merely exist and from time to time I do revert back to being sad like everybody else but I want to say the one thing I think I'm doing right is that I don't want to linger there I don't want to be afraid to move outside of my comfort zone maybe not too far outside of it you know the other day I was saying I want to buy a motorcycle and then as I was speaking the words I realized I probably couldn't handle a Harley oh I'd love to but I don't think I could so what am I looking at a Honda or a Vespa or something that I can handle we're not all the same we don't all have the same strengths we don't all have the same skill sets but what I have I, I'll have something that maybe you can benefit from and vice versa we're put on this earth to be able to reciprocate with one another and when I learn from my mistakes maybe I can help you avoid yours if they seem to be similar if you seem to be walking in a journey that is very close to my own and I identify with you that's what the widows did when I lost my husband the widows at my church they came alongside and flanked me and changed the course of my grief by strides instead of floundering instead of risking being pulled into the rapids maybe even into a vortex I don't want to say I sailed smoothly down the the fluctuating waters 
but I, I didn't fall into the waters. I didn't drown. I'm still here. Hmm. Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross named various states of grief, and I didn't really look too far into them because the very first state, which was the state of denial, spoke about what exactly? I remember being in denial when my daughter was diagnosed with a neurological disease that I was told was going to take her life. Oh, I was in denial for months and months and months. My husband too. We couldn't sleep. We don't even know how we got through the day those months. We don't know. We don't know what we said. We don't know what we did. We don't know who came by. We don't know so many things. It was like we were living in a blur. And I imagine for people who are diagnosed, newly diagnosed with various illnesses or the people they love are diagnosed, that same set of circumstances uh, plays itself out where a person is in great denial. But I was not in denial after my daughter died. I was not in denial after my husband died. It was plain as day. They were dead. And what I had to do was force myself to face the next day without them. So I didn't really agree with denial as the first state. And to be honest, my experience may be very unprofessional because I did not delve into the matter with any great depth. I just decided I wasn't going to agree and I didn't. Perhaps I'm being unfair to Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Perhaps you know something I don't. And if you do, I'd like to invite you to email me. I keep saying that over and over again. Again, I have not received one email, but I'm not worried about that because I don't really know if anybody's bothering to listen to these. And it is proving to be therapeutic for me. I'm spouting, I'm venting, I'm letting out the hot air and and hopefully taking a breath of something fresh, reminding myself that whining never really solved any problems. And me spouting like this in what might be considered a public forum, well, I might even be embarrassed when I come back to listen in a year or six months or three months or three weeks even. I might erase all of these and it will have served its purpose Maybe I wouldn't entitle a new podcast, Widows Might Because Life Happens, because perhaps I will be enjoying life that has or is happening. I don't know. I just know I cannot wallow. I've said it before. And I'm experiencing a sense of release just thinking about not wallowing. I've got a God who has plans for me. He's given me various skills. This song you hear in the background is one of my own. It's actually a really amazing song. Not only the music, which a gentleman named Doug Blaze put together for me after I gave him the melody I wanted the song to take shape in. <laughs> it's something I created out of nothing. God has given me so many songs over the course of my life 
And each time I create something from nothing, each time he gives me words or he gives me colors to work with on a blank canvas, each time he gives me words to pen on blank piece of paper, I am so elated. Creating something from nothing is so special. Can I take my life in its subdued, stricken form as I feel that it is right now and let God turn it into something that blossoms and grows? I think I can. I submit to Him. In reality, I will humble myself to Him. And I'll watch Him take what I considered are the dregs and make something valuable out of nothing. That's what I have to offer right now. Just about nothing. I'm tired. <laughs> I haven't slept for days and days and days and days. I can't remember the last time I had a really wonderful night's sleep. But it doesn't matter. I'm inhaling the air right now. And I have hope. I have hope in my Jesus. That's all I need. Now, if you think you have a better solution or a different solution, I do invite you to write to me at emtee5578 at gmail.com. That's mt5578 at gmail.com. My name is Vittoria, and I would like to say to you today, express yourself. Share with me. Give me permission to share with others or not. Either way, it would be nice to hear from you. If you're out there, if you're hurting, if you just want to cry while you write on a piece of paper and share with me, or actually uh, type on your computer, I should say, I'll be happy to respond. I might not have words of wisdom for you, or I might. I don't know. But I won't know, and neither will you, unless you give it a try. So... Please do send me an email and after you've done that, sit back, read it, reread it if you have to and ask yourself if you feel better for having shared, letting it out the poison and perhaps considering that there is an antidote for that viper's bite called death. In whatever form it's taking, death of a life, death of a relationship, death of a career, death of a financial structure, whatever death form takes, there's still life ahead. People live through the depression, they live through the wars, and very possibly we may face a war in the upcoming years, and if we do, but we go in half defeated already. How can we survive? How would we survive? There would be no fortitude to do it. That's not what I'm yearning after. My hankering is not to go in half full. My glass is not half full. My glass is not half empty. 
I'm looking to see my empty glass filled and I'm not asking anyone on this earth to fill it. I'm asking my supernatural, amazing Father in Heaven who has filled my glass many times in the past and will continue to do so so that I can and I will survive. I think you can too. So, if you accept my challenge, I will be happy to at least respond to you. <laughs> if nothing else, I will respond to you. It would be nice to connect. It would be nice to share. And if there's any hope at all that I can share with you, I will be happy to do so. Right now, I'm going to say ciao for now. This is Victoria from Widow's Might Because Life Happens, podcast number 14. Hope to see you soon. Yes, ciao for now. God bless you.